0: we are joined by Ray He's a husband for 37 years, a father of two, an attorney, and a volunteer radio and TV host for St. Joseph Radio. He will offer a few closing remarks on what we have heard today. Let's welcome Ray. So uh, first off, just a a word of thanks to St. Joseph Radio simply because you know this is an event you know such as this is uh, is so important it's probably the kind of thing we need to hear more than anything else in our world today the eucharist the reality of his presence so uh, and thank you to all of, uh, thanks to all of you for coming and being open to uh, to this message we really do appreciate it you know um, it's interesting because uh, I was tasked with making a few closing remarks um, and being a lawyer, you're probably going to accuse me of not making a few remarks, being maybe a little bit too wordy, but uh, I don't know. I got a captive audience, so maybe I'll take advantage of it. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll try not to go too long. Anyways, um, you know, I'm sitting here during the course of the day, uh, listening to all these wonderful speakers that, that Lou lined up, and trying to think, you know, what am I going to say? How do you wrap something like this up? There is so much that we have heard, uh, you know, so many beautiful ideas. Um, how do you wrap it up? Well, it was really kind of funny because at the start of the day, we heard Archbishop Carlson. And he was talking about devotion to our, our mother, our Blessed Mother. And he talked about how she is such an important person to try to get to know because she knew his voice. And that that struck me when he said that, I mean, Obviously, who knows Jesus better than Mary? Uh, all those years where he was growing up, all those times when she heard his voice, uh, if you want to get closer to her son, who better to help you? Um, and it, it struck me as, as kind of a coincidence. You see, um, I happened to bring a book with me today. it's a book, by the way, I picked up at St. Joseph Radio. Um, But I brought a little book with me today, and I wasn't exactly sure why, so perhaps it's a little bit of a coincidence. And as a matter of fact, Archbishop Carlson also talked about coincidences when he said, you know, the will of Mary coincided with the will of her son. is isn't that what a coincidence is. We are in a situation where, you know, we're coinciding, something is coinciding with the will of God. So are we coinciding with the will of God that I was, for some reason, you know, Given sort of like the little nudge to bring this book, is it his will for you here for this event that I that I bring this? Well, perhaps um, because what Archbishop Carlson said struck me as something very similar to what was in this book. Now, this book, I'll, let me just a little brief explanation. So, it's called My Ideal Jesus, Son of Mary. It's a recounting of some insights, revelations. Uh, meditations, if you will, from blessed, uh, you know, Father William Chaminade, and so, and and of course, you know, he uh, is an important Marianist, he founded the Society of Mary, Um, and this little book apparently is treasured by many priests and, and sisters in their Marian devotions, and in reading it, you could come across a lot of interesting things, but one of them, is this? This is apparently what uh, Blessed William Shamnad heard, uh, you know, from uh, from Jesus. And Jesus was telling him, as you meditate upon it, he's talking about as you meditate upon my mother. Put yourself in my place, become Jesus, the firstborn son of Mary, for really my life is your life, and try to feel what I felt. When I first read that, I thought, that's just a radical kind of idea. I'm not, it would have occurred to me to try to do that, try to become Jesus. I, you know, It goes against every, I guess, humble impulse we're supposed to have. And yet this is what he was telling me. Try to feel what I felt for my mother. And just one more, um, and he said, it's a good thing because if you do that, he said, well, she will love you. He said, she loves you because you and I are one, and, in because, and because in loving you, she loves me. Again that same radical idea, I mean, to think of ourselves as being loved by Mary because She's loving her son. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Jesus is in us. We're all part of the body of Christ. Maybe we heard that today. Um, So anyway, so the day started out with that. Um, And then afterwards, afterwards I heard Father Jim uh, talk um, about uh, St. Augustine saying that you know, Saint Augustine wrote that we were already with Jesus, already with Him, spiritual in heaven, already. And again, that struck me as just a, you know, an astonishing kind of kind of thought. Um, but it, you know. Uh, oh, and by the way, it's another little coincidence. I brought uh, another book. I brought with me today was Saint Augustine's Confessions. So I don't know. There's some kind of a this kind of some kind of a, a, a thing going here but anyways um, you know but he's like we're already spiritually with Christ we're connected with Christ now here while we're here we're still with him up there we're connected in a very special way you know it's just um, yeah I mean, just just exciting thoughts have you ever you know prayed the seven sorrows you know that sort of like a I guess an alternate rosary, if you will. Uh, seven decades, I guess you can't really call them decades because there's seven prayers in each section as opposed to 10. But when you pray the seven sorrows and you try to think like what Mary thought, um, I mean, for example, just for one example, um, there's the one where she gets word that they have to leave and go to Egypt because they're seeking to kill her son. And Um, There's some meditations on the seven sorrows that I read. I forget exactly who they come from, but it talked about probably when they were leaving to go to uh, Egypt. She was probably looking around every corner. Is there gonna be a soldier that's gonna come around that building? I mean, you can just imagine the fear that she would have. Here she's got this divine son and they're out to kill I mean, just the worry that would have been in her heart you know, and it's like when I first prayed the Seven Sorrows, I really felt a little bit of uh, what she must have felt. It helped me get closer. Imagine what it was like for her. You know, the very types of things that, uh, you know, Father Shaman, Blessed Father Shaminad, is relating in this little book. Um, and so, why is that? You know, I mean, thinking that well, Mary loves us because she loves her son, or we should try to, you know, try to put ourselves in Jesus' place. I mean, these are, you know, really exciting ideas. They kind of excite the heart. I mean, you know, if you let yourself really take that advice and take those recommendations and actually kind of engage in that mentally, it's really, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how it might be for you, but I mean, it's, it's inspiring. It's exciting. I mean, why is that? I mean, it's almost like there's a, there's a rush that kind of gets you know, caused in, inside you. Why is that? Could it be because of the Eucharist? I mean, could it be that, you know, we can feel like Christ, like what he felt towards his mother. Or we can feel, we can really sympathize with, you know, real love, real charity in our heart. We can sympathize with her, what she went through, what she must have felt for her son. Um, We can do that. Maybe more, I mean, if you try to imagine what some other person might feel, what somebody else is going through. If it's your son or daughter, for example, and they're going through some painful time, you can really feel for that, because you have a connection with them. If you hear a news story on the TV, about somebody if something happens to them and it's a bad thing, and you sympathize with them, do you feel the same? Probably not. So why would we feel like when we let ourselves think as Mary thought or think as Jesus thought, why is that more intense? Could it be because of the Eucharist? Because we are connected, as, uh, as Father Jim was telling us this morning, we are already connected. Um, and then, of course, we heard, um, you know, on Midas, talk about Eucharistic miracles. And, of course, I've heard it before, and it stands to reason, it makes perfect sense, that, you know, miracles are meant to engender faith. But he said something else. He said, Eucharistic miracles are meant as a sign of His authority. A sign of His authority. We're supposed to regard him as who he is, as God. We're supposed to pay him homage. We're supposed to worship. We're supposed to adore. We're supposed to be grateful, um, you know, and that's, that's a message that we're losing in this world. I just saw a, uh, a poll that came out recently just from uh, Great Britain, and for the first time ever, um, since they've been doing polls, the Christian population of the country Registered under 50%. This is not whether or not you believe in the Eucharist. This is just whether or not you consider yourself a follower of Christ. Less than 50%. Now, why would that be if we were getting out the message that the Eucharist is the real presence? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it just, I mean, it's kind of a trite, kind of a saying, but it doesn't get any better than that. I had occasion to be at a conference, um, very quick story, uh, be at a conference, a business conference, where there were a lot of scientists and engineers, not my cup of tea, but anyways, I was, dealing with, I was talking with one guy uh, over dinner and talking about miracles, talking about the thing we were talking about today. You know, believe in him. He believed in God that was a watchmaker kind of God. He created the universe, set the laws of physics in motion, and then he stood back. He doesn't feel for us. He's not aware of what we do, or care what we do every minute of every day. He's just this distant God. And he believed in the golden rule. And those are the two things he said he believed in, and nothing else. And so somehow or another we get on the subject of miracles. And he had a logical problem with them. And he thought he had me, Because he said, but if it's a really, if it's a loving God, why doesn't he do miracles for everybody? And so I said to him, I said, well, What you're telling me is, because God does not do miracles, like a physical healing kind, for everybody all the time, then what you're saying is he can't do them for everybody. Well, logically, that just doesn't make sense. And that kind of struck him. Um, But it's just a matter of, you know, appealing to logic, appealing to science. Anyways, um, so that's the, um, that was the, uh, So. With this idea in mind, the question I had was, well, what if we tried to feel like Jesus felt toward Mary and Mary fell toward Jesus in adoration? Supposing we did it in his presence. What would happen then? And, uh, I, you know, <laughs> you hear, as I'm thinking this, then Father Wick gets up. He talks about being actually like drawn into Christ. And as Christ is love, how do you get closer than, you know, by trying to feel what somebody felt. By letting feelings uh, kind of grab you or grasp you. So just as a suggestion, just as a thought, maybe try doing that sort of in, in adoration. And maybe you'll feel the love of Christ and the love of Christ that he has for you. So anyways, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, today's speaker. As I, as you can see, got me... Uh, thinking a couple of different things. And uh, again, just lastly, thank you for all being here.